Hello and welcome to the Bilingual Connection, a show about my conversations with people who speak multiple languages. I'm your host, Mervyn Johnson. Last week I mentioned I was going to have Sapir as a guest. Unfortunately, she was unable to do the show, but fear not because I got her lovely sister Inbal in. Uh, Inbal is not just a bilingual, she's a polyglot, means she speaks multiple languages. And without waiting any longer, here's our chat. Welcome to the show, Inbal. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just want to get straight into it. Sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing and your experience with languages? We spoke Hebrew all the time growing up. Um, of course, the more English came in, the more he- the less Hebrew went out. Um, I think I was about 12 or 11 when I started learning French. Got into Spanish later that same year. Spanish, French, English, Hebrew, all some sort of big mix flying around the house since I was about 12 or so. I uh, started doing Latin when I was in high school. so Dead language, huh? Yeah, <laughs> go the dead languages. Um, yeah, started throwing everything into one great big melange. Cool, cool. So you speak most of these languages that you know? To an extent. Okay, um, so how fluent are you? How proficient are you in writing, reading? And can you just tell me? About um, so Hebrew and English, practically fluent in across the range. Spanish and French about anywhere between 15 75% because I don't have much of an opportunity to speak either of them. But I do read when I can, mostly journal articles and stuff like that. Right. Um, Latin is useful when I'm trying to figure out the French and Spanish. I'm like, hey, I know what that means. I don't even need to pick up a dictionary. Right. Um, but otherwise, it's just there for the sake of being there. Um, and then when I was at uni in Jerusalem, I started doing Catalan because I'm like, I'm so sick of Spanish okay. or French. So I'm going to do Catalan, which is more like Portuguese. Okay. Can you tell is. me a little bit about that? So basically Spain or the Iberian Peninsula is split up into east, middle, west. Middle is Spain. So that's Catalonian Spanish. And then, sorry, Castilian Spanish. And then Catalonian is the stuff that they speak in Barcelona and the um, Balearic Islands. And then you have Portuguese. Mm. So Portuguese and French are more similar. Spanish and Italian are more similar. And Catalan is somewhere in the middle. It's a great big mix of all five of them put together. So you speak all these languages, but you live in New Zealand mostly. Mm -hmm. Do you have like an active opportunity to speak to people? Like how, I mean, how many Hebrew speakers are there really? Quite a few, actually. There's a fairly decent Israeli community in Wellington. Um, and we all meet up for holidays and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, Spanish and French, not so much. Maybe a little bit through uni. Uh, bump into someone, say hello, goodbye. Uh, Latin, not at all. Catalan, not at all. I haven't actively said a word in Catalan for five years. Cool. So what about when you go traveling? Do you Where, where have you been traveling? Tell me about I've that. I've spent a week in Spain and I've spent four and a half years in Israel. So I've. So that's where my really good Hebrew comes from because I only really learned to read and write Hebrew about six or seven years ago in preparation for going to uni in Israel. Modern Hebrew is one of the two official languages of Israel, the other being Arabic. Would you say you your Hebrew improved like leaps and bounds by immersing yourself? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to learn any language, just to go there and not be able to th- even think in another language is it, it's a recipe for disaster if you can't think in another language you can't get the words out properly mm-hmm. and it's like my 
really bizarre immersion into Japanese manga. So I randomly <laughs> think words in Japanese that have no connection at all to anything right. else. I'm just like moron, but in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good skill to have. It is. So I've talked to you before. I've talked to your sister, and it sounds like your mum is a really big influence on you. Yeah, well, she's Israeli. Both of my parents are Israeli. Um, her family speaks Arabic and Kurdish as well. So she started learning uh, Arabic a few years ago, just in random evening classes. Um, I think when I started doing Spanish at the um, Wellington High School evening classes, she started doing Italian. So we're both learning two different languages at the same time. And then she decided, hey, I'm fairly fluent in Italian. I'm going to start doing Spanish now. So the two of us exchange words in Spanish and Italian and get the two of them mixed up. And she tried to learn French when my sister was on exchange in France. And I'm trying to help her with the pronunciation because French is one of those languages that is not written the way it's spoken. Right. Because the the written language is still from like the 18th century or the 19th century, whereas the spoken language has just evolved completely because mm. of humanness. Um, so she's looking at words like melange or uh, gâteau. It's like, where do you, where, what's the X for? <laughs> or how do I say the G? What's the, are, are there any sort of legitimate rules in this language? And it's a really difficult language to learn when you're coming from a background of Spanish and Italian, which are very phonetic. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you tell me what's your go-to language when you think or your like your reactionary language, if you stub your toe? Probably English. English? Yeah. You just automatically go to I automatically it. go to English. There are better swear words in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, there are. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to something you just said. Uh you do night classes at Wellington High? High I did night classes at Wellington High, yeah, um, when I was still in high school, because I went to Wellington East, and they only offered Latin and uh, French and Chinese and Maori and Samoan. Hmm. And maybe I should have gone for the Pacific languages, because that would have been just a great big help living in New Zealand. But I went for the European languages, so I did um, Latin there for two years and French right through, but I decided that that wasn't enough, so I went and did Spanish there. Hebrew is the only living Canaanite language left, and the only successful example of a revived dead language. If you have children, or how important do you think it is for people to teach their children multiple languages? I think it's very important. It's the same as um, baby Mozart. Playing music for classical music for babies increases their intelligence. So learning another language forces your brain to work in different ways. Just, I don't even know if it's a synapse thing or if it's just learning to think the way a different culture thinks because language and culture are so intrinsically entwined that you have to think slightly differently to think the language right. So it's very important to learn sort of just any language, even if it's something as basic as uh, scientific jargon mm. in your own language because that's just weird, scientific <laughs> jargon. Um but it's definitely important. We've, I've got friends, American friends in Israel, who speak only English to their kids at home. Oh, but wow. then when they go to kindergarten, the teachers speak Hebrew. So it, I always ask them, do you not teach your kids Hebrew at home? No, he'll learn it when he goes to kindy. Hmm. So, I mean, it's sort of the same thing as my our parents did, speaking Hebrew at home, and then we learned English when we went to 
uh, primary school or kindy. But then you get silly mistakes. Like when I was five, I asked my friend if she wanted a piece of carrot because I had carrot sticks. But instead of saying, do you want a carrot? I said, do you want a gazelle? <laughs> and she, st- she looks at me like I'm completely nuts. Like, what? Yeah. What just came out of your mouth? <laughs> Bilingual problems. <laughs> yes. 101. <laughs> okay. Tell me, how difficult do you think it is to keep the language alive? What do you do to kind of mm. actively have it in your brain? I read. Read books. Um, I speak. I listen to music, Israeli music from like the 80s and maybe early 90s at the latest because everything after that is kind of like modern English music. It's sort of gone in the direction of hip-hop and rap and rap in Hebrew just sounds bizarre to me. It's like, what am I listening to? Um, but definitely music. Um, my MP3 player is just constantly on shuffle. So I go from Kamina Burana to Linkin Park to Ofra Chaza and Chava Alderstein. I'm like, okay, cool. Is um, that your gym playlist, your writing music? Like, is that what you do? It's my all-day playlist. Right. Just let everything shuffle its way through um, everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what is your favorite thing about speaking more than one language? And which is your kind of fun favorite language? My fun favorite language would be Spanish. Just because the inflections in the language make everything sound awesome. Mm. You can't speak Spanish without sounding awesome. Same as Italian. When you, sound, when you speak French, you can sound really sleazy. Um, but the Spanish, not so much. It's like, yeah. te amo. Te amo. It's the romantic languages. It's, it is. It um, so is. Yeah. I have uh, a thing for German, though, for some reason. That's, like, mm. that's the next one I want to learn. Yeah. Um. Germans, Germans are one of those languages that just sounds brutal no matter what you say. <laughs> I think that's such a misconception, though. Like, it is. I think German and Arabic gets a really bad I rap. I know, yeah. But the, if it's th- those guttural languages, the yeah. ones that come out the back of your throat, mm. like Schadenfreude. <laughs> it's a beautiful language. It is. Um, okay, so we're to that part of the show okay. where I will ask you a question in Hebrew. And if it's wrong, you stop me, you correct me, and then you can answer it. Okay. But if it's right, you just go straight in and answer it in Hebrew. All right. Kamazman at Lomedit Ivrit. Ani Lomedit Ivrit kvar esrim shana. Efshar lomar. Ani mendeberet Ivrit kol chayai. Lomedit aktivit ulai eser shanim. Cool. What did you say? I had no idea. <laughs> so I said that I've been speaking Hebrew my entire life, but learning it actively for about ten years. But you could say I've been learning it my entire life because it's a language is one of those things that you never really stop learning. There's always something new to learn. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Bilingual Connection. I think one of the key things that really resonated with me during our conversation was when Inbal said that she listens to older Hebrew music rather than what's current. I think I totally agree with her that it's all cultures that have kind of modernized have eventually westernized their music. And I mean, it's great to speak English, but it's also good to have your original language. And for me, speaking Hindi, I think I love listening to the older music because it has more, a purer form of Hindi in it. So I totally get that. And I would recommend people uh, who have a second language and they're trying to keep it alive, try stay away from the more current music and uh, listen to more of the older stuff. Anyways, next week we have Catherine Churchman, a lecturer in Asian studies at Victoria University. She is also a polyglot. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and share the link with friends and family on Twitter and Facebook. 
my Facebook and Twitter handles are Mervin Johnson TV. That's M-E-R-V-I-N-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-T-V. Uh, follow me and send in any requests of future guests. Uh, all credit to Jimmy Fontanis for the theme music. And that is all from me. Peace out.